just three days after two police officers were shot during more ongoing BLM riots, Kamala Harris comes out and says that the protests are essential to the evolution of this country and that anything in this country that was for progress didn't come without a fight. We've seen since the beginning of these ongoing riots throughout the country, the media and Democrats refer to them over and over as peaceful protests, even on MSNBC with a burning building behind him. One of their personalities said, well, they're mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful. The protests have been overwhelmingly violent. Now, they say 93 percent of the protests are peaceful, but they give a subjective criteria as to what that really means. I would say the overwhelming majority of these protests have been terroristic in nature, because when even a small percentage fight with cops, throw Molotovs, burn down buildings, attack people and cause more than two billion dollars in damage, seeing a peaceful protest is an implied threat. Why? I'm not going to blame actual peaceful protesters for what the crazies do, but I will blame Kamala Harris for not condemning Black Lives Matter and Antifa when they engage in the violence, calling them out by name. Joe Biden won't do that either. In fact, as I've mentioned time and time again, Joe Biden's staff actually paid bail for these people. They, they donated to a bail fund to get these people released. And Kamala Harris herself tweeted out soliciting donations to bail out people arrested during rioting not protests. And as we know, they won't call them riots. So I can only assume she is praising the fight. Her own words. What fight is that? The fight where some guy started waving a gun around, shot 14 rounds off, hitting two cops. The fight where dozens of people are dead. Recently, it was assumed Joe Biden got a whiff of his internal polling on the riots and panicked, ran out of his basement super fast, stood up at that podium and said, I condemn the violence. Kamala Harris comes out, says it's essential. What are people supposed to think when Black Lives Matter goes out, all these cities fight with cops and one guy shoots several of them? Are we supposed to assume she's not talking about that? Those are the protests. That was the protest in Louisville. What were you referring to, Kamala Harris? So forgive me if I don't take her at her word that she's praising peaceful protests because she can come out and say Black Lives Matter extremists are causing destruction throughout this country. She won't. Donald Trump will. In a new move, Donald Trump said that the Klan and Antifa will be designated terrorist organizations. And we'll, we'll, we'll break that down and see what that's all about. But Trump has no problem saying, if you're an extremist, I'm done with you. The Democrats, however, are embracing it, encouraging it, praising it. And it's only going to make it worse, especially as we move closer and closer to the election. Right now, as I record this video, the Proud Boys are showing up in Portland. They declared a state of emergency, and I'm worried about what's going to happen. Now, the Proud Boys said they've declared victory. The Proud Boys have declared victory already because by announcing that they planned on being there, it reinstated the ability of police to use tear gas. I believe tear gas, in which case they're going to be empowered now that Antifa is coming out once again, like they've been for the past several hundred days. We're not we're not looking at peaceful protests across this country. We're looking at people walk up to diners and threaten and harass them. That is not essential. That's a fight. That is not essential for our evolution. We're looking at people getting shot in their own cars. We're looking at people being harassed at their own homes. Kamala Harris made a tactical error in this statement. And I want to break down for you what's going on. And we've, we've got more than this. I mean, even Bernie Sanders is saying, you know, people got to come out, get ready because Trump might not leave. And there is a, there is a fight a coming. So when she says the fight is essential, 
What fight is that going to be come election day? What fight is that right now? I think we all know. Let's read the news before we get started. Head over to TimCast.com slash Dunnit if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. I got a P.O. box, but the best thing you can do, share this video. If, if there are people who don't believe it, if you think people need to hear this, and if you think I do a good job, seriously, if you share this video, if every single person who watched it shared, I would be bigger than CNN like that. Because word of mouth will be infinitely more powerful than their massive marketing budgets. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe to the notification bell, and you don't, you don't have to support or do anything, but I appreciate you watching. Let's read. Daily Mail reports, Kamala Harris is branded ignorant for praising BLM protests and calling them essential just three days after two cops were shot during Louisville riots. Vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris has come in for criticism after saying that protests against racial injustice, including those by Black Lives Matter, are essential for the evolution of our country with some online branding or ignorant. Senator Harris of California made the comments during the NAACP's national convention in which she was interviewed for more than one hour uh, and comes just three days after two police officers were shot and injured during rioting in Louisville. How does rioting start? This this is the question, right? So I know some people may be saying, Tim, you said she praised the riots, but she said protest. Okay, okay, I'll ask you. Okay, okay, I want to be fair. How does rioting start? Does rioting start by a bunch of random people just emerging from the ground, smashing things? Or do riots start after protests happened? Okay, so a protest is organized. People go out and march and then it becomes a riot. Okay, did Kamala Harris condemn the rioting, like specifically Black Lives Matter and Antifa? No. Did Joe Biden? No. Did they solicit donations in support of the rioters? Yes. Do they call these riots? No. They call them peaceful protests. She's encouraging a fight. And the fight is resulting in people getting shot and hurt and killed. Uh, it goes, they're going to say the shooting came after a grand jury's decision not to charge the officers who shot and killed Brenna Taylor. One of the officers involved was charged with wanton endangerment for shooting into a neighboring apartment. Quote, nothing that we have achieved that has been about progress, in particular around civil rights, has come without a fight. And so I always am going to interpret these protests as an essential component of evolution in our country, as an essential component of, uh, of a mark of a real democracy. No, when, uh, when they go to someone's house, according to the New York Times, and threaten to burn it down unless they remove their American flag, that is not the mark of a real democracy. That is a mark of a fascistic dictatorship led by zealots. And I'll tell you the important bit. Was that protest in, uh, in Portland, the New York Times reported on? listed as a riot in their fancy 93% peaceful protest database? Of course not. Why? Because those people didn't destroy things. They just threatened people. Okay, fine. She's praising that. You can call it a riot. You can call it a protest. Or you could call it terroristic threats. That's what she's praising. We can play semantics. I try to be fair. But no, we know what she means when she says this. She's refusing to call it out where it needs to be called out. Donald Trump, however, He has no problem calling it out. Moment Louisville gunman waves his gun around after firing 14 shots at cops, injuring two during first night of Brenna Taylor protests. Ah, you see, there it is. We know what these protests are. We know what they become as BLM demonstrators take to the streets for a third night and claim sanctuary in the church. So this story is from just today. The story from Kamala Harris emerged last night. We knew it was going on last night, the night before, and the night before that. We know what's been going on for a hundred plus days. 
You want to talk about the Democrats? Let's talk about the Democrats. They declared a state of emergency in Oregon because the Proud Boys announced they were going to show up. Why didn't they declare an emergency after, I don't know, 50 days of rioting? They didn't. I don't think they care. I think they actively support the violence and support the rioters because they're extremists pandering to more extremists and they don't care about you. Protests. I wonder why it is that in Portland during the protests, people are boarding up their windows and hiding and complaining and fleeing. I wonder why that is in many other parts of the country. I wonder why we were expecting protests in Louisville, but people were boarding up their businesses and police departments and courthouses were also being boarded up because they're not protests. Even when they don't engage in overt and direct violence, they engage in terroristic threats. There have been peaceful protests. I've praised them. I have no problem praising them because I like them. I remember watching very early on these people laying on the ground on their stomachs, putting their hands behind their back. And I said, awesome, protest the injustice, because when someone is killed, there should be accountability in some form. Doesn't mean someone goes to prison. It means we figure out why did this person die? They didn't have to die. Sometimes bad things happen. Very quickly, it became riots. But they won't tell you. They'll lie. They'll call them protests because they know the rioting hurts them. And that's why Kamala Harris thinks she's safe to defend these. She was speaking to the NAACP. According to civics, black voters strongly support Black Lives Matter. And that's why she won't call them out by name. They are desperately trying to get more black votes. Something interesting, according to NBC News data, is that if Donald Trump can convince just 3% more of the black community to vote for him, he wins. Nothing else could change. Literally nothing. Just 3%. And I think that's why the Democrats are panicked. They see it in the polls. So they push this narrative and they refuse to condemn the violence, meaning they will sacrifice the suburbs and they will sacrifice this country, your job and your life in a desperate bid to placate a voter base because they want to win. They deserve to lose. L.A. deputy is seen bashing a BLM protest with a riot shield and hundreds occupy Brooklyn Bridge for hours as demonstrators take to the streets across the nation for a third night of Brandon Taylor protests. I highlight this to say I think the police need reform, too. I think police do need accountability. And I think peaceful protests are fine. In fact, I'm OK with, a, to a certain degree, nonviolent civil disobedience. And I'm critical of what I, I think it's in Florida where they're going to charge people for blocking roadways. I think it, like very serious charges like, like jail time. I think if someone's blocking a roadway, you arrest them. The road is clear. You give them a slap on the wrist charge. That's what civil, nonviolent civil disobedience is. You don't want them to start putting on masks and engaging in overt violence. The problem, they've already been doing that. But I don't think if it's already illegal, it's illegal. I don't think you need to make things crazier. But, you know, in this instance, you see there's a guy on the ground and the cop is bashing with the shield. Unnecessary. There was also a video I highlighted where a cop is walking his bike and he walks it over the head of one of these, you know, protesters laying on the ground. Unnecessary. I don't I, I don't want to see that. And I don't want to see the violent riots. The cops could pick the guy up and arrest him. OK, there is criticism. There, there, there are good reasons to criticize people on all sides. In this instance, however, the Democrats are lying to us. They're encouraging the violence by by refusing to call it out and straight up saying the fight is essential. Look, look, look. maybe you want to say, Tim, you're being unfair, saying that she's praising riots. OK, OK. 
then don't come out and say the fight is essential, because I'll tell you with what's going on right now across this country with riots, by all means, you can say Kamala Harris didn't actually praise the riots. No, she just said the fight was essential and she was referring to something else. I'm not going to pretend to know what you interpret that as or what a regular person will interpret it as. I'll tell you this. She is inciting a fight and fights typically get physical. And if you have months of fighting in the streets where people have died and she's saying the fight is essential, I am not going to be happy about it. And I will say absolutely she is praising the riots because the riots are where they're fighting. Semantic arguments, I know. But this is the game we typically get when it comes to the left. Well, Donald Trump is taking swift action from just the news. Trump set to declare Antifa a terror group, making good on vow he made at start of recent riots. Trump says he will also declare the Klan a terrorist organization. I don't know if he can actually do this because of the First Amendment. But you know what? Good. The Klan's bad. That's why we as, as a country crushed them and said, bye bye. We don't like you. We can still defend the free speech of an individual and whatever group, but we don't like them. So we said no, especially to their violence. So if they're wearing a white hood or a black hood, I don't care if they're getting violent, smashing up people's businesses. And I'll tell you the funny thing. You want to know why Trump? This is part of Trump's Black America plan. And I, and I, and I kind of thought it was funny. Why is Trump targeting Antifa and the Klan? Oh, could it be because both groups destroy and target black neighborhoods and black communities? Yeah. Well, the Klan is mostly gone and they're not marching around. When was the last time you actually saw a group of Klansmen like running around smashing things? You, you don't. They do, their, they, do, they do their little rallies and there's a small handful of them. Antifa and Black Lives Matter, they've picked up the slack. Now you have these white individuals wearing all black and going to black communities and smashing things up. Just the news reports. President Trump is set to declare Antifa a domestic terror group, making good on a promise he made after the start of the recent violent protests that have badly damaged some U.S. cities. The declaration is part of his second term agenda and an appeal to black voters in his reelection bid. The president will also declare the Klan a terrorist group as part of his larger black economic empowerment platinum plan that also seeks to increase investments in black communities by roughly 500 billion. I'm a fan. I'm absolutely a fan. I am a social liberal. That's not changed. I, don't, I am not a conservative. I believe that what we want to do is reallocate funding from privileged wealthier areas when it's in excess and provide it to underprivileged areas to improve certain things. And, and I, I say certain things. I want to teach people how to fish. I want to set a basic standard. I do not want to create a dependency. That's why I think if you've got an ultra rich area that produces a ridiculous amount of taxes, we're only as strong as the weakest link. Let's allocate some of that excess tax revenue towards areas that are, you know, dilapidated, falling apart. Opportunity zones, things like Kimberly Klasik has said. Better education, and I don't mean public education, maybe charter schools. I'm not entirely sure. But I like the idea. I like the idea. Antifa's bad. The Klan is bad. And Trump wants to reinvest in black communities. This sounds like a great compromise with the, the, the social justice left. And uh, well, well, there you go. And Trump and the right. So I'm down for it. I am. I think that we have to recognize not everybody in this country sees things the same way. And an investment into certain communities could be a good thing. We are only as strong as, as our weakest link. And a rising tide raises all ships. If Trump found a good plan and path forward and he's targeting the rioters, I am happy. I'm happy to hear it. Quote, for decades, Democratic politicians like presidential rival Joe Biden 
have taken black voters for granted, Trump said. Antifa, the radical left wing group whose name is short for anti-fascism, reemerged as a destructive force over the summer by participating in numerous social justice demonstrations in which members would loot and burn businesses in cities from New York to Seattle. Trump on May 31st announced his intention to label the group a terror organization amid riots following the death of George Floyd, a black Minneapolis resident. The United States of America will be designating Antifa as a terrorist organization Trump tweeted at the time. Justice Department officials have raised First Amendment concerns about classifying the group as a terrorist organization. Both sides of the aisle would share the concerns Bradley Weigman, a top attorney in the Justice Department's National Security Division, told the White House Homeland Security Committee during a hearing last year. Trump is scheduled to make the Antifa announcement on a campaign stop in Atlanta in an appeal to black voters. I believe there is a First Amendment challenge, and I'll explain. As much as I don't like Antifa, the reason why the U.S. typically doesn't label any group a terror organization is because if they commit a crime, they get arrested. If they as a group are speaking things, not inciting violence, speaking ideas, that's a that's protected under the First Amendment, which makes it very difficult to actually declare some group a terrorist organization. Both the left and the right have made calls in some way for this. The left saying the Klan should be a terror organization. The right says Antifa should be. And I say both of them, whatever. Fine. I don't care. Bill Barr was asked about this at a hearing. What he said was, though they're not at the time designated a terrorist organization, the crimes they commit are being charged as acts of terror. I think that's the right way to do it. I think Bill Barr hit the nail on the head. Okay. When someone commits a crime, you say, here's the crime committed. I don't see why we would label the group that way. Now, it's important to note about Antifa is that although they operate as independent cell cells in key areas with no, they have no overarching organizing body, but they do negotiate, share funds, travel abroad. That makes them not a domestic terror organization. That makes them a terror organization. You see, Antifa exists in the Middle East. Antifa exists in Europe and in other parts of the world. They fly the same flag. They have the same ideologies. They share money and resources. We have already seen the news about this. There had been concern among many left wing activists that Trump would just label them an outright foreign terror organization and then go after people who are here adhering to it. Recently, there was a story that two men were planning a Netflix worthy attack on Trump Tower, and that was in the name of ISIS, a terror organization. They've been arrested for it. So if Antifa is operating overseas, this is not a First Amendment issue. The, I mean, I, to an extent it is if they're speaking, but they are apparently a part of a group with international ties. And this is where I think, you know, there, there could be some moves made in dealing with them. Well, Bernie Sanders is bringing us to a very, very dangerous place. Yeah, Bernie Sanders sold out for sure. On the 24th, Thursday, Sanders issues issues stark warning on Trump and calls for election commission. Senator accused Trump and Republicans of sowing the seeds of chaos by casting doubt on the election. How absurd. The Democrats are the ones who changed the rules. They're the ones who want universal mail-in ballots. Whether you want the vote or not, it's a common in many states. They changed all the rules, so Trump complains about it. Then they say it's Trump's fault. Well, Bernie Sanders on Bill Maher last night. There will be a number of plans to remove Trump if he loses. Wow. This is the kind of rhetoric that I could that, that, that they point the finger at Trump. I can point the finger right back. They say Trump is refusing to have a peaceful transition. Joe Biden said it first. Well, to be fair, Hillary Clinton said it first about Joe Biden. So the Democrats said it first. 
that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. Bernie Sanders on Bill Maher, they're having a conversation about it. And, and my criticism to Bill Maher as well, because he said, it sounds like a wish that if Trump loses and stays, it's a wish that you want him to get out. What are you going to do about it? Come on, what are you going to do? And Bernie said, we've got plans, we've got plans, we've got to win. We've got to win first. So they have plans. They've been planning for a forceful, forceful removal of the president. Here's the problem. While I can absolutely criticize Trump's rhetoric, we got to get rid of the ballots. And, you know, the only way I lose is if there's mischief. I agree. We got to be really careful on what we say. So I get it. You have both factions, Trump, Republicans and Democrats pointing the finger. I understand why Trump is doing it. Trump and the Republicans aren't the ones who changed the election system. The Democrats did. And other Democrats are saying they shouldn't concede. They have plans to remove Trump. None of them are going to believe the election. They say Trump is planning on staging a coup. They are sowing the seeds across the media, convincing the American people that the only way Trump wins is if he cheats. Then they're pointing at Trump and saying he's inflaming tensions by saying the only way he loses is if we cheat. Okay, you can't have your cake and eat it too, I suppose. Once you eat it, it's gone. And that's what we're getting from the Democrats. They're the ones sowing the seeds of discord. They could sit back and let the election take place as normal, but they will not do it. If they're the ones who are changing the rules, don't get mad at Trump. And I don't think that's a that's a fair point to be made at all. When the Democrats are the ones encouraging the riots, when the Democrats are the ones saying they're setting up plans to remove Trump, the Democrats are the ones who are changing the rules. I think it's obvious which direction this is coming from. And we're seeing it across the board from Politico. Everyone sees the train wreck coming. Trump reveals his November end game. Bum, bum, bum. After more than four years of nonstop voter fraud claims and insinuations that he might not accept the election results, the president isn't keeping his intent a secret. You know what I think they're doing? Donald Trump won the Electoral College and lost the popular vote. Because we do not determine president based on popular vote because we are a union of states, not a top down federal country for the most part. It's been slowly moving towards a, an overt federal you know, government for a long time. Like for a lot of people, they don't they don't seem to understand Roe v. Wade. What, if, if Roe v. Wade were to be abolished, it just means states decide for themselves. The left would say it would make you know abortion illegal and stuff like that. because They don't truly get it. We are a country. Yes, but states have their own jurisdiction. Here's the story. They say after winning the presidency uh, after 2016, Trump insisted without evidence that there was serious voter fraud in three states he lost to Hillary Clinton. Now running behind Joe Biden in the polls, the president complains the outcome will be rigged. Here's what I think they're doing. They're going to say, you know, if because Trump's they're probably expecting him to win the Electoral College again, but lose the popular vote. That's a that's a what people are predicting. Everything they're doing will allow them to contest the states that grant him that bump over in the Electoral College. Then they'll say the Electoral College is disputed, but the national popular vote says this. That'll be their excuse. Then when Trump says, I didn't lose just because these states are contested and they'll say, we'll never get this solved. Oh, no. What should we do? Popular vote? No, I don't think we're going to see widespread violence if uh, Trump wins. I mean it. I think we'll see violence. I think the far left has been violent. I think they'll continue to be violent. But what I mean is, let me let me let me rephrase. I think we'll see the worst violence if Trump loses. You know why? The Democrats changed the rules in many states. Universal mail-in voting. Ballots have been found in dumpsters and ditches. 
So already people are saying, what is going on? And it wasn't the Republicans who did this. I think you will see organized and widespread violence if Trump loses and it's the Democrats fault. And maybe that's what they want. They want to create a system that will sow the seeds of doubt so that when Trump, if slash when he does lose, regular people will assume the Democrats cheated. Now, on the left, people assume Trump is cheating, but Trump didn't change the rules. So sure, Antifa will come out and act a fool. But what do you think happens when right wing militia groups see that they're set, they're claiming Trump didn't win, but we hear stories about ballots being found in dumpsters? They're going to say, no way. Trump didn't make that happen. There's no way that was Trump who did that. You wanted mail-in voting. Trump did not. So did Trump have a plan for this? Was it all a clever ruse to trick the Democrats into wanting mail-in voting so that Trump could rig the Postal Service? No. The Democrats changed the rules. If Trump loses, who's going to believe the Democrats won fairly? Probably no one. I'm worried about the violence in that regard, because that violence will be, I guess, groups of people calling themselves patriots, challenging, contesting the vote. Reminds me of a saying. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding on what's for dinner. A republic is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Now, that's been attributed to Benjamin Franklin. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I fear, actually. People feeling like they're justified and they really want and not believing it and coming out armed. And I'm not saying it's just going to be the right. I think the left will do this, too. But I'm more worried about the power, the strength, the coordination of right wing groups, because the left seems to be running around randomly. Kamala Harris is encouraging this. Joe Biden is encouraging this. Sure, they're trying to have it both ways, but they're encouraging it all the same. And they won't call these groups out. The Democrats are changing the rules by executive decree, like here in New Jersey. So I'm worried about what happens when regular Americans who want Trump say no. I believe there are way more fervent Trump supporters than there are Antifa. And there are way more regular uninitiated Americans, many of many of whom just blindly vote. We'll see who wins and we'll see what happens. Because from here, it's all just speculation. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It's a different channel, and I will see you all then. A state of emergency has been declared in Portland, Oregon, over the arrival of the Proud Boys. And we know exactly what these Proud Boys are going to do when they show up. They are going to march around waving flags and chanting things about America. And then they'll probably go to a bar, get drunk, and then go home because that's what the Proud Boys are likely to do. Unless, of course, Antifa and Black Lives Matter show up and confront them and then violence erupts. Don't walk up to someone threatening violence because then you will get violence. Yet Oregon, their governor is declaring a state of emergency because of the Proud Boys. You've had a hundred plus days of violent rioting across this city, and it did not occur to you to declare a state of emergency only when the Proud Boys plan on coming. Now, I get it. Let's be real. Although it is really dumb that they didn't declare a state of emergency before and actually stop the extremists because uh, let's be honest, they align with them. The Proud Boys showing up is going to bring a potential for serious violence and clashes. And the last time a pro-Trump right wing group showed up not that long ago, a Black Lives Matter activist executed a Trump supporter walking down the street. And I, I'm going to say it as, as, as direct as I can, because we saw him in the surveillance footage stalking this guy. So, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. The Black Lives Matter activists instigated the violence. Now they're trying to claim, oh, but the Proud Boys are coming to our city. You know what, man? I don't think they should. I don't think they should have gone there. I think the potential for violence is too much. And this is exactly what the left needs to smear Donald Trump. They've been, okay, there was a poll that found 54% of liberals believed the violence at these riots was started by right-wing agitators. So don't give them the narrative they want. That being said, the Proud Boys are allowed to go and and protest and march and rally for the most part, wherever they want. I mean, I say for the most uh, for the most part, because you know, you're not going to go march on private property like in someone's home or something. But yeah, out, out in parks and whatever city they so choose. But th- none of that matters because the Proud Boys had a press conference. And guess what? They won. It's done. The Proud Boys won. I wouldn't be surprised if the Proud Boys don't actually even show up. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not kidding. You know why? The Proud Boys held a press conference and they said their goal from the beginning was to get a state of emergency declared and get the National Guard to show up to stop the far left riots. They won. They won. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen later today. Maybe some of you will watch this later in the day when everything's already kicking off. But I'm on, well, I'm on the East Coast and this video goes up several hours ahead of where Portland is at. It may turn out that once again, the Proud Boys tricked Antifa. Why? There was a rally that was supposed to take place in Philadelphia. The Proud Boys said they were coming and then they didn't. And Antifa came out and started attacking people and fighting with cops. The Proud Boys can literally just be like, oh, yeah, uh, Portland. Yeah, we'll be there. And then they can just go play video games. And then Antifa goes and runs around screaming. This may be. And I don't know. I don't know if it is because I'm pretty sure they're in Portland. But this could be one of the biggest uh, uh, political stunts we've seen in a long time. Why? Well, here's what I said. Okay. If the Proud Boys show up and violence erupts, the media is going to point the camera only at the Proud Boys and give all of these leftists exactly what they want and the Democrats exactly what they want. Right wing agitators, you're coming to our city and attacking us. Oh, no. Then you're going to see stupid things from like Mayor Ted Wheeler, who tweeted on 926 alt right groups and white nationalists are intent on coming into our community. Really? Where? Who? You're not talking about the Proud Boys, are you? These groups empower racism, intolerance, and hate. Those are not Portland values, and they are not welcome. Hate has no home in Portland. Violence has no home in Portland. Anyone intending to create fear, commit violence, or spread hate is not welcome here. That is a bald-faced lie, Mr. Mayor. Because, let's see, you've got, you've got Black Lives Matter, leftist identitarians, they hate people based on race. Okay, so um, do they create fear? Well, the New York Times just reported they showed up to someone's house and threatened to burn it down unless they took down an American flag. Check one. Commit violence. Yes. For over 100 days. Check two. And spread hate. Okay. I think we can say check three. Why? Because these people are running around screaming and they're nothing but hate mongers. They, 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 they decry whiteness. Ah. So they're hate. They have hate based on race. They commit violence and they threaten people unless they bend the knee to them. Even you, Mayor Ted Wheeler, to the point where you actually ran from your own home like a coward. They went to his house, his condo building. They smashed it up through flaming debris and he went, huh, huh, and he ran away. The mayor ran away from his own home. Tell me that is not spreading fear. You, sir, are a liar and a pathetic coward who refuses to stand up to extremists. Unless, of course, 
he's actually just an extremist, in which case he's just providing cover for them. And that, to me, seems to make the most sense. And that's why with the Proud Boys showing up, the National Guard's going to come out. Well, I don't know if they'll actually, we'll see. And a state of emergency has been declared. Thus, even if the Proud Boys just go home right now, they won. That's it. Now, I got to be real. I think they'll probably show up. I could be wrong. And if they do, we've already seen what happened last time in Portland. When the mayor tweets things like this, accusing the Proud Boys, whose, whose chair is not a white man, of being alt-right white nationalists, that is a lie. The Proud, Boy ha- Proud Boys have had members who were, um, I guess, I don't know if you can call them members, who were alt-right, and they got kicked out. And the Proud Boys are worthy of criticism in many capacities. That's their own fault. Sometimes they have started fights. But Antifa seems to get a free pass and Black Lives Matter is getting a free pass. This is over the top. I'm not going to say that every single, you know, uh, Antifa guy is an extremist white supremacist or something like that. I'm not going to say that every single protester who comes out in Portland is a violent racist or uh, or or even Antifa for that matter. I, I have routinely pointed out that there are peaceful protesters, but if you're going to peacefully protest while shielding violent extremists, well, now we got a problem. The thing with the Proud Boys is they've denounced the racists that were in their group and kicked them out. Did they do a good enough job, in my opinion? Probably not. I don't know. But I'll, I'll tell you, I don't care if you want to call them, uh, if you want to say that they're white nationalists or alt-right or whatever, so long as you're, you're equally targeting the other, the, the, the you know, Antifa and Black Lives Matter extremists. But it, but it doesn't even matter what your opinion is, okay? There's a, there's a long history of what the Proud Boys have done and who they are. And so, okay, fine. The problem is they won't declare a state of emergency over Antifa. Donald Trump's apparently preparing a plan where he's going to put $500 billion into the black community, and he's going to designate the Klan and uh, Antifa as like terrorists or, or in some capacity. I don't know what, I don't know, don't know to what extent you can actually do that. But anyway, let's let's actually just read the news because, you know, I've been ranting on this without actually giving you the context. The Daily Mail says Oregon governor declares state of emergency in Portland and says she is incredibly worried about violent clashes ahead of Proud Boys rally on Saturday in city plagued by Black Lives Matter protests. Leaders of the self-described Western chauvinist Proud Boys called Saturday's rally to end domestic terrorism after four months of near daily demonstrations against police violence and racism in Oregon's largest city that have often ended in violence. Many out-of-state demonstrators, some armed, were expected to attend the Proud Boys event in a park about six miles north of downtown, state officials said, with organizers expecting a crowd of up to 20,000, according to local television station KGW8. We can see here uh, Columbia River Proud Boys. It's really funny. You know, the Proud Boys started as a joke by Gavin McInnes, and I'm not even, it's not even an exaggeration. It was about, uh, he, he talked about this on Joe Rogan, where there was a song about, you know, proud of your boy or something like that. And then he made, he made a joke where he was like, okay, you can be a proud boy if, uh, you know, we, 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 we punch you and you name five breakfast cereals or something like that. He, apparently you have to like say this thing about defending or like not apologizing for the West. And then you become a proud boy and then they got to punch you and you got to name breakfast cereals because it was a, it was a joke. Now it's, it's, it's like after Gavin stepped down, now it's an actual like group of people with a chairman. And it's just, <laughs> this, this timeline is fantastic, isn't it? Here's what they say. Police hope to keep right-wing groups apart from left-wing counter-protesters set to gather in another park about two miles away. Quote, I am incredibly concerned about the increased risk of violence in Portland this weekend, Brown told reporters. Brown also noted the Proud Boys and Patriot Prayer groups have come to Portland time and time again 
from out of state looking for a fight and the results are always tragic. She then added a warning to the group. Let me be perfectly clear. We will not tolerate any kind of violence this weekend. Ah, there it is. Only this weekend. Those stoking the flames of violence, those coming to Portland looking for a fight will be held accountable, Brown said, according to Fox News. Under her emergency declaration, state troopers in the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office will lead a law enforcement task force authorized to use proportional force, including tear gas, to keep the peace, said Oregon State Police Superintendent Travis Hampton. Of course, then you can see photos of what uh, Antifa does. Portland's Mayor Ted Wheeler banned the city's police officers from using tear gas on September 10th following criticism that it was being overused as a crowd control method during the months of BLM protests in the city. Proud Boys chairman Enrique Tarrio said his group did not intend to cause violence. We will be peaceful unless provoked. I encourage people to protest us, Tarrio said on Tuesday, uh, on Twitter on Tuesday. What we won't condone, he said that on Twitter? I thought he was banned. What we won't condone or tolerate is violence toward attendees. The men-only Proud Boys group describes itself as a fraternal organization that is anti-racism and anti-political correctness. Civil rights group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has no credibility, uh, classifies the Proud Boys as a hate group, citing its members anti-Muslim and misogynistic rhetoric. Well, I classify the Southern Poverty Law Center as a conspiracy theory wingnut scam, in my opinion, because they once ran an article claiming, okay, this is fantastic. I love this. They said that I had attended a Holocaust deniers conference in Iran. <laughs> I've never been to Iran. And their source, it was not only a Holocaust denial website, it didn't even exist anymore. It was an archive of a website that didn't exist. It was taken down and it was a conspiracy, conspiracy theory website claiming that Tim Pool and a bunch of others had t- traveled to Iran's Holocaust denier conference. I've never been to Iran. Oh, man, they, they ended up retracting the thing and apologizing. Bravo, Southern Poverty Law Center. Bravo. They say President Donald Trump, who has made law and order a principal theme of his bid for reelection on November 3rd, has singled out Portland as one of several Democratic led cities he calls anarchist jurisdictions. His Democratic challenger, Vice President, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, says Trump's rhetoric is stoking the violence. Well, check it out. This uh, left coast right watch, whatever that means, says uh, they went to an effing Proud Boys press conference and it was absurd. I got there late. It was mostly BS, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, in the press conference, it's uh, I believe it's Joe Biggs and Enrique Tarrio, and they're basically explaining why they came. And it's very simple. By, sh- by saying they were coming, the police now intend to keep the group separated. The police intend to actually enforce the law. A state of emergency was declared. And uh, well, it seems like they've tricked the government into actually, well, enforcing the law against people they don't want. But here's the problem, Proud Boys. It doesn't matter if they declare a state of emergency. It doesn't matter if they arrest Antifa. The problem is the DA is releasing them. So sure, they'll gas Antifa again. I mean, they banned gas on September 10th. Maybe they'll come out with it now. You know what's going to happen? They're going to arrest the Antifa people. The Antifa people who get arrested will be cut loose almost instantly. And the Proud Boys will get the book thrown in their face so hard their noses will break and there will be blood spraying out of their faces. They are going to drop the hammer on the Proud Boys because this is a far left extremist jurisdiction. That's the only explanation for why they allow Antifa for over 100 days. And I'm sorry, Black Lives Matter to set fires and attack people, destruction, rampaging throughout the city and residential neighborhoods. 
when they the New York Times said that they went to a guy's house or there was a neighbor who was challenging them. He was a black veteran who was uh, he ran a nonprofit helping homeless people or something like that. And he said that he sees them across the street yelling at some guy for, for having an American flag on his house. And they said, if you don't take it down, we'll come back and burn your house down. They won't enforce the law against these people. And you can see what Ted Wheeler has already started to do. And here we go. The Democrats are going to claim that Donald Trump supporting white supremacists are marching around attacking innocent people and invading their cities. They already started doing it the last time Trump supporters showed up. Now, some people have said, and, and, and I'll tell you this, you want to you come to me and say, I'm telling them they shouldn't exercise their First Amendment rights or whatever. You are incorrect. They absolutely can. I'm not telling them they can't do this. I'm just pointing out the simple fact. It is terrible strategy. Now, I will admit it is very, very clever strategy, you know, in tricking the police to actually, you know, enforce the law. And that's very clever. And the Proud Boys might not even show up. That would be the ultimate win, in my opinion. I'm not I'm I'm going to say it right now. If the Proud Boys don't show up at all, like they did in Philadelphia, this will be the most hilarious and epic win they will have pulled off ever. A state of emergency declared simply for putting out tweets. Amazing. Hey, we're going to show up to a park. We'll be peaceful. State of emergency. Ah, they run around screaming. Yep. That will be the epic win. No matter what happens, even if they remain peaceful, if they do show up, like I said, the media is going to take a couple pictures. Ted Wheeler, Schiff, Pelosi, Schumer are going to be like, these white supremacists, these, these Trump supporting our, our city is not safe. This is Trump's America. And they'll lie. And people will believe it. And that's the challenge. That's why I say it would be the most epic win if they don't actually show up. You know why? Then there won't be any photos of them. And the only thing you'll get in the news cycle is Antifa running around, smashing things and punching cops. And then, as we've seen, the riots hurt the Democrats. This may be. Look, the Proud Boys did it before. They said they were coming to Philadelphia. I live over here. Well, for the time being. And uh, they never showed up. And Antifa ran around like uh, hitting journalists. And uh, one dude attacked uh, a female uh, a female journalist, uh, pulled her hair back. And this just creates more videos that hurt the left and hurt the Democrats. So that's the most powerful player right there. Literally not showing up, sitting back at a bar, having a drink and laughing how you've manipulated them and they're too stupid to figure it out. I don't know what they're going to do, though. I think it's possible they pull this off, but I guess we'll only wait and see by the time you watch this. You know, you you probably have seen what's going to happen because I'm recording this in the morning, of course. And, and this upload goes up at like 10 a.m. Andy No says, this is how you start a panic. And he links to this tweet. Someone said, some of you have heard rumors of the fascist invaders intent to form squads hunting parties tomorrow night in order to find and assault Portlanders. This is true. The fascists are calling it Operation We the People, and they mean to do it. Do not go out alone tomorrow. 568 retweets. No, they're not. That's not a thing. You people are insane. You know, it's the gang stalking thing. I'm not. Look, I've talked about this. Remember? Uh, well, you may you may not have seen it. I did a segment about gang stalking. Gang stalking is a paranoid delusion people experience where they think they're being stalked by government agents or just like a group of nefarious individuals. It's it started to pick up steam after 9-11 when people thought they were being spied on. These paranoid individuals think, you know, you might be working for them. Who are they? I don't know, but they're spying on me. It's paranoid. Uh, you know, it's a paranoid delusion. 
Well, they go online and post about it. They find other people who agree and they band together and take collective action based on a shared paranoid delusion. That's literally what we are seeing. I'm sorry. There are no fascist groups coming. They are not forming hunting parties. They will not be hunting down Portlanders. This is paranoid delusions. But people believe it and they share in this delusion. And then you end up with people screaming that, you know, these right wingers are everywhere. They're coming to our cities. You get people like Mayor Ted Wheeler, who's very, very irresponsible, fanning the flames of this. And look at this. Actually, wow, this is this is fantastic. One of the replies to Andy, no, Tim Pool is right about the gang stalking stuff. They're paranoid schizophrenics thinking there's Nazis around every corner waiting to murder them. They all feed into each other's delusion. That's exactly right, Mr. Um, King. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it. Absolutely it. So when they go around smashing things, you have to wonder why it is they start fires and they have no goals. Why is it these people don't actually have a plan? Well, there certainly are some people who do. They want to tear down the system and install whatever, you know, communist utopia or something. But these people are few and far between. They're the ones giving the unwell people weapons and encouraging them and telling them the Nazis are coming for you. They're around every corner. And these people believe it. They get roped up in this extremism. They panic. And then some of them actually get elected to office. It's a it's, it's a scary reality uh, when you realize it's a scary realization that you have government officials who are paranoid and delusional. How do you fix that? I don't know, because it's not it's not like every single person who, who believes this is schizophrenic. OK, and, and I, I think a lot of people don't know what schizophrenic means. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I do either, but typically it's a reference to not dis- being able to di- uh, uh, discern between uh, imagination and reality, something to that effect. Well, I, I've known some people who suffered from this and it's and it's and it's sad. Medication really helped them. But I knew someone who believed that they were being spied on. And it, it's really interesting because it fits a lot of the exact same things we hear. Like I'm being stalked and harassed by by operatives and agents. And I'd be like, who, what, why? You're nobody. You're not doing anything. And like they believed it. And they said their food was being poisoned and stuff like that. And then you see these stories where they're like, they're going to hunt us down. And there's no, that's just, that's not a thing. But it's not just schizophrenics. Okay. That's the point. The people in government are sitting there and they hear wild rumors. They don't see any evidence. You know what? Let me give you a really good example of, of the, the, the troubled state of where we're at right now. Uh, Tim Pool, he's a liberal and he's going to be voting for Trump. Why is that? I think it's because the left is operating under a delusion. They believe the people running around screaming the sky is falling. I don't. I look up the evidence. Here's the best example. They published a story in The Atlantic claiming that Donald Trump called soldiers losers. It was disputed. Even John Bolton, who doesn't like Trump, said, I don't think that ever happened. You know, the reason we didn't go to the, the cemetery is because the, the, the ceiling dropped because the weather and we couldn't fly there and they didn't want to they, they weren't able to drive for security reasons. And that was it. A guy who doesn't like Trump said, no, nah, that's not true. But the media ran wild. Trump called the soldiers losers. A video is going viral of Joe Biden swearing and insult, swearing at and insulting the troops while he was, um, you know, uh, giving a speech or presenting a ward or something. He literally did it. It's on camera. I watched several angle angles of it. And yeah, Joe Biden, he called them stupid and the B word. I, I can't say it on YouTube. You know, I try to keep things family friendly. He, he said effing stupid B apparently, apparently something like that. And he was like yelling at them to clap. He says it was a joke. What does the media do? 
The media says, a video of Joe Biden just joking is going viral. These Trump supporters, what are they doing claiming Joe Biden would actually say? Joe Biden did. Is it supposed to be phony? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to dedicate a whole segment to it because I really don't care about this stupid. Trump called him a loser. and Joe Biden called him, you know, stupid bees, whatever. Okay, I get it. Look, the point is, Joe Biden literally did it. It's on camera. I can see it. Okay, I know he said it. I've seen multiple camera angles and they've confirmed it's real. There's no proof Donald Trump called anyone losers, yet they believe that. So when someone comes out and says the Nazis are coming, they go, oh, I just believe it. And when you show them a video of Antifa burning things down, they go, hmm, those those Antifa guys, with the Black Lives Matter shields waving the Black Lives Matter flags. They're probably right wingers disguised as the left. And that's their that's their shared delusion. And they're running government. So um, <laughs> I guess we'll see how things play out. I, I got to say, I really am hoping the Proud Boys are pulling a, a trick on, on the left and don't show up. I really hope so. Because otherwise, it's just going to be used as propaganda by them. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. It's been endless riot coverage for months now. And it's kind of getting boring. See all these stories about Antifa and Black Lives Matter smashing things up. And I'm like, we get it, man. They just want to watch the world burn. But I have another riot story for you. And it's not necessarily a riot, but it's getting pretty close to it. This time over in the UK, this one's different. People are starting to riot over the COVID lockdowns. These aren't conspiracy theorists. These aren't far right individuals. They're regular people saying enough already. And you know why I find this one fascinating? First of all, riots among regular people, not ideologues, I find very interesting. But in Florida, Governor DeSantis reopens Florida restaurants and bars at full capacity after decline in COVID infections and ends fines for not wearing a mask. We're starting to see the inverse in some places here, but we're also seeing harder lockdowns in some places here. And I can only imagine what's to come if the lockdowns remain in place. In the UK, we've already seen protests. We've already seen protests in Europe. Now they're clashing with police. Cops are pulling out the batons and attacking people who are saying we want to live our lives. We got some more weird news in the US. 18 to 22 year olds banned from gathering in Boulder, Colorado after coronavirus surge. That seems to be a violation of the Civil Rights Act, I suppose. You can't just tell people of a specific age they can't come out and do things. That's a violation, I believe, of civil rights. What is that, Title VII? I'm not entirely sure. But I'm more interested in why people are starting to fight against cops. And I'll tell you this. The police in the U.S. and in the U.K. are going to lose all of the goodwill from the people. We see these leftists coming out screaming Black Lives Matter and smashing things, saying abolish the police. And what do the rest of us say? That's absurd. We need the police. And then the police turn around. They arrest a woman in Ohio because she was sitting outside. Get this. Apparently, there's so there's a video going viral of this woman sitting in bleachers, not wearing a mask. So the cops taser or one cop tases her and then arrests her. People have, 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 have started saying the one suffers from asthma. And that's why she wasn't wearing a mask. Apparently, they didn't matter because in some places, unconstitutional edict is more important than just letting people do their thing. So, you know, it's really funny when I see these stories about cops arresting conservative journalists or I shouldn't say conservative journalists, but journalists, right? Daily Caller reporters get arrested. And then you have, I believe it was the editor in chief of the Daily Caller telling the cops, hey, those are our reporters and the cops saying too bad. We're not releasing them. 
Okay, you're stepping on people's toes now. I understand if a journalist gets arrested because the cops can't tell the difference. And many people defend the cops saying, well, how are they supposed to know? Yes, but when they've been brought to the station and they've been brought in, they're being processed. And the editor in chief says, these people work for me. They're not rioters or extremists. The cops should say, okay, confirmed. They didn't. They said, no, the charges stand. You think these, these, these cops, these departments think that, that regular people are going to keep defending them if they keep enforcing unconstitutional edicts? No. And it wasn't, I'm not the one who, who brought this up. A ton of right wing personalities early on were saying, these cops who now want everyone to defend them better think twice when they violate the law by following unconstitutional and often illegal edict from these executives. Bill de Blasio, for instance. Now, look, I understand the UK is not the US. So there are differences. Let's read the story from the Evening Standard. Trafalgar Square anti-lockdown protests shut down by police after thousands of maskless demonstrators ignore social distancing. I would like to deliver the world's biggest go F yourself to the Evening Standard and the rest of the press that are like maskless demonstrators are ignoring social distancing and they've been doing it for months. The Black Lives Matter protests. Again, I know, I know. UK is different from the US. We've had ongoing riots, but it's been the same thing here. Trump supporters aren't wearing masks. Great. Now do Black Lives Matter. Oh, but these people aren't really spreading because they're outside. Okay, then explain why 18 to 20 year olds, 18 to 22 year olds can't gather. It's complete BS authoritarianism. Police dispersed crowd over fears they were putting people in danger. Oh, man. Did they really? Disgusting. Bottles thrown and batons used as clashes broke out. Jeremy Corbyn's brother, Pierce, and conspiracy theorist David Icke among attendees. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not entirely convinced the appropriate response to all of this is to be throwing bottles at anybody. Once again, we are seeing police trying to enforce, you know, look, large gatherings, cops are going to come out. And if people are going to riot, cops should be there. I think there's an easier way to deal with this instead of going out in massive groups of, you know, 10,000 plus or whatever. I think more. I think it was like 50,000 or something like that. Well, we'll, we'll read the number. I don't want to overestimate because I don't know for sure. I think people should just go about their lives as the protest. I don't think violence is going to help you out as much as I think it's particularly interesting to see regular people step up. I think the violence is, is not. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. You know what? I'm going to say this. Violence won't help you win elections. But I think it'll help you end lockdowns. And I, 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 because we've seen how Black Lives Matter has been given impunity to go around smashing things. However, ultimately, I think the violence, any potential violence is going to result in everything just getting worse for everybody. So I'd have to say this, right? I do not encourage this, nor do I, I support it. But I don't know what else to tell you. The lockdowns are very, very different from Black Lives Matter, where you have a media. I mean, think about it this way. The media telling you all of these things about uh, police injustice and brutality. And then we have to end up we end up breaking it down, finding out it's not true. The lockdown stuff, they're ignoring reality. And then we have to do our research and find out what they're saying is not true. And it's a very complicated subject because I can get banned just for saying this. But what I mean is, look, we know that covid is dangerous, but in Florida, they're pulling up all the restrictions because the science has come out and we flattened the curve. So if the goal was to flatten the curve, we've done it. Now you're going to get riots, which I'm not a fan of. I'm, I'm absolutely not a fan of. And I'm not a fan of it. I don't care who does it. But this is not, these are not leftist ideologues. They're regular people. 
They say clashes broke out as huge anti-lockdown protests in Trafalgar Square was shut down by police after crowds ignored social distancing rules. Thousands of maskless demonstrators descended on central London on Saturday for a we do not consent rally, despite pleas from police for people to abide by coronavirus restrictions. The demonstrators were seen carrying a variety of signs, flags and placards as they crammed into the square with some cheering, clapping and shouting, we will win. No one appeared to be wearing face coverings or sticking to social distancing measures. One of the things really interesting about this is the image you see right here. Someone's holding up a sign that says when tyranny becomes law, resistance becomes duty. And it is the revolution fist. This like, <laughs> these people were saying they were protesting fascism. So was this Antifa? Maybe. Maybe this is something that's going to unite everybody in the, uh, in, you know, in, in, in the UK. They say Jeremy Corman's brother, Piers, that's left. And conspiracy theorist David Icke. You got left and right and up, down, whatever. The demo, uh, so they say hours later, police at the event was being shut down because demonstrators were putting people in danger of transmitting the virus. They warned that anyone who stays could be subject to enforcement action. Here's what I want to make uh, the point I want to make on the violence thing. When Black Lives Matter comes out in, in, the, in the U.S. and they destroy everything and they're just burning things down and the government, the, the, the DA won't prosecute and we see these people actually just get, you know, they're, they're allowed to do whatever they want. Don't be surprised when other people feel that riots work. Now, they don't. They, 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 they typically generate negative sentiment towards whatever it is you're fighting for. And right now, the majority of people, at least according to many polls, support the lockdowns. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a strong majority. I don't think this is necessarily going to help. But I can see with the economy being shut down, people suffering, losing their jobs and not being able to make money. I'm not surprised it's happening. With Black Lives Matter, they have more of a nebulous cause they can't see. A handful of, of individuals had their rights violated, their lives taken. I say handful because it's like 13, according to the, Wall Street, uh, the Washington Post, 13 unarmed black men who were shot and killed by police. Now, these are tragedies. This problem needs to be solved, but it is not a nationwide lockdown suppressing the rights of every single person. But when Black Lives Matter gets away with burning everything and setting fires, surprise, surprise, other groups are like, I guess that's the only thing you can do because they said that is OK. And is that what you really want? Maybe it is. I think it'll ultimately be bad for everybody. Maybe these cops will start, you know, to, to back away. We'll see. They say as officers tried to disperse the crowd, bottles were thrown and scuffles broke out. Police donning riot helmets used batons against protesters, leaving some with visible injuries. Officers were also seen removing sound equipment while several protesters were led away in handcuffs. Another demonstrator was physically carried away from the scene by officers. Piers Corbin, the brother of former labor leader Jeremy Corbin, was among those at the event. Conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist David Icke, who has made several false claims about the coronavirus, was also in attendance. In a statement, the Metro Police said, crowds in Trafalgar Square have not complied with the conditions of their risk assessment and are putting people in danger of transmitting the virus. This, is, this has voided their risk assessment, and we have informed the event organizers they are no longer exempt from the regulations. We are now asking those in Trafalgar Square to leave. Officers will be engaging with crowds and informing them of this development. Now, I can be critical of the clashes for sure. I'm not going to play a game where I think one side is allowed to use violence and the other isn't. No, it's all bad. Violence is all bad. But I won't be stupid enough to ignore the fact that we're talking about regular people who are being oppressed by their government en masse versus specific cases of injustice, which require uh, an assessment on an individual basis. We have problems with the system in the U.S. We can, we can go for re uh, reform. Most people want reform. And the Republicans even offered it up. 
But the left continues to riot. I won't agree with that. What we're seeing here, while I'm not a fan of fighting with cops and throwing bottles or anything like that, is the result of a massive population being suppressed. Very, very different. The left will tell you in the US it's the same way. They'll say, oh, but Tim, don't you understand it? No, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. When someone loses their life, it's a tragedy. But with 375 million police interactions last year and 13 unarmed black men being shot and killed, what we have are tragedies and we need specific individual justice. We have issues with some, uh, a bit of how the system works in terms of warrants and entering people's homes and how we're allowed to defend ourselves and gun rights. But these are not, there's not one simple fix here. When it comes to what's going on with COVID, you have the government ignoring the science and telling people to shut up. They go on to say, by, by leaving now, you can keep yourself safe and avoid any enforcement action being taken by officers. The protest comes a week after a separate event, which saw more than a dozen officers injured when a small minority targeted police more than 30, and more than 32 arrests were made. The Metropolitan Police earlier said it had been engaging with organizers throughout the week to remind them of their legal obligations and explaining the events could be in breach of COVID-19 regulation. While protests are exempt from the rule of six, which is in force in England, organizers must submit a risk assessment and comply with social distancing. Police said some organizers had done so, but where this had not happened, the Met will increase their engagement and encourage attendees to disperse. I can't speak for the UK. I can't speak for Florida. Governor DeSantis is shutting it all down. Check this out. They say DeSantis on Friday lifted all COVID-19 restrictions on businesses, including restaurants and bars, and dropped penalties for not wearing a face mask, sparking a protest among upset residents. DeSantis made the announcement during a noon press conference in St. Petersburg and quickly drew ire from residents who protested the new protocols. He argued that the threat of the coronavirus pandemic, which has surpassed 7 million cases and 203,000 deaths, had eased sufficiently to allow the state to enter phase three of its reopening. We are not closing anything going forward. Phase three, which takes effect immediately, allows restaurants and bars to operate at full capacity with limited social distancing protocols. Here we can see DeSantis holding up survival rates by age group. We can see zero through 19 is 99.997. 20 to 48 is 99.98. 50 to 69 is 99.5 and 70 is 94.6, showing the survival rate of this is ridiculously high. Businesses should maintain adequate sanitation practices among employees and patrons during all hours of operation. Menus, if laminated, should continue to be cleaned after each each usage. Paper menus shall be designated for single use and then disposed of immediately after use. But establishments will also be able to operate at a minimum of 50% regardless of local rules. The order also requires local governments to justify any COVID-19 related restrictions on restaurants and bars. It's unclear how Miami-Dade County and Broward County will navigate the new provisions as they continue to have the highest cases in the state. Florida's COVID-19 dashboard reports that Broward recorded, recoded 75,872 confirmed cases and 1,364 deaths. Dade County dwarfed that with 167,000 cases and a death toll of around 3,000. Additionally, phase three allows for fitness, recreational, and personal care businesses to operate at full capacity, removing restrictions set in earlier phases. This will be very, very important to the industry, the Republican governor said. Every business has a right to operate. You can't say no after six months and just have people twisting the wind. So I want to show you this story. 
18 to 22-year-olds banned from gathering in Boulder, Colorado after coronavirus surge. Young people, if you do not like this, there is an option. It's the Republican Party. They're looking at the science. They're seeing the, the survi- survival rate is ridiculously high. And they're saying, OK, it's time to move forward. The Democrats, on the other hand, are panicked and refuse to accept responsibility for their jobs. Hard decisions must be made. Right now, we have flattened the curve. It is so flat, can't even see it anymore. We had something really crazy happen earlier this year. A lot of people were, you know, we saw these videos of, uh, you know, in China, people collapsing in the street. That was crazy. And so we said, we got to lock things down. 15 days to slow the spread. 15 days. We'll slow it down. Well, we saw a major wave of cases and deaths. We saw crazy things happening and all of it made sense. It really did. Maybe we didn't do it perfectly. Maybe that there's too much damage to the economy. But based on the information we had, including myself and, the, and, and some mistakes were made, we did our best. It was a panic situation. We're well beyond this now, as we can see with Governor DeSantis. I believe it is now incumbent upon these Democrats to accept their responsibility. It's time to start reopening, which many are. Many are. But it's time to start reopening and it's time to stop these ridiculous lockdowns, lest we see people start rioting specifically about covid. Now, they're rioting about Black Lives Matter, but it's only a matter of time before regular people start getting angry as well. We can see that the curve has been flattened. We've done the best we can and we can't just sacrifice everything at this point. I guess the best solution would be protect the vulnerable and allow the younger generation and those who are not vulnerable to begin working again, because they'll they'll absolutely survive even if they do get it. Now, we're seeing from, I think, like the New York Times or some health expert, a million people will die if we lift restrictions now. What's happening is that Democrats don't want their name attached to any of it. So if one person dies and they release a lockdown, everyone's going to blame them. So they're like, oh, but I don't want people mad at me. Yeah, because they're not leaders. They're losers. They're people who just say whatever they have to say to get elected instead of doing what they actually need to do, which is lead their jurisdictions. So I look at this, this story about the 18 to 22 year olds. And you know, what's funny is I heard something similar recently. Local colleges are banning young people from gathering. And I find that very, very weird. Why? Young people survivability rate is like 99.9997 or something, something like that, whatever. Like, even if they get it, oh, but they could, they could spread it to grandma and grandpa. Well, they're at college, man. <laughs> these are these are these are people who are at colleges. Okay, not all of them, but a lot of them. So they're going to spread it to themselves. It's like a faculty thing. I'll tell you what, man. I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a scientist. So you always got to talk to your own doctor. Your doctor will tell you what's right for you. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Trump's for a word for it. Don't take Biden's word for it or Pelosi or McConnell. Any of these politicians. Just talk to your doctor. They'll give you the appropriate advice you need. We want to make sure everybody's safe. When it comes to policy, there's a bigger question. How much damage are we doing and how much will people tolerate? And that's where things get scary. What we're seeing in the UK is destabilization. People are fed up with the lockdowns and now they're, they're bordering on, they're, they're, you know, they're bordering on rioting, clashing with police. Fights are breaking out because people are reaching their wits end. This experiment needs to be stopped. Because you can see in the UK, the tolerance is is evaporating. Early on, we heard that locking down these economies would result in massive starvation for people around the world who rely on our assistance. But it was deemed that we better take care of ourselves. And you know what? Forget them. It's It's a surprisingly America first policy from these Democrats. I get it. 
But what about the people in the U.S. who are suffering, too, and can't work? At a certain point, the damage from an economic shutdown outweighs the damage from COVID. And these leftists don't seem to get it. They're like, oh, but what about the economy? Yes, the economy is quite literally how food is transported from a warehouse to your house. I saw a really, uh, I saw a really, ama- a really funny meme, I guess, is an image. It's a quote. It's, it's an idea about a pencil that the pencil has an eraser. It has metal around it. It's got, you know, wood. It's got a graph, a graphite in the center. And no one person can create a pencil. They can't do it. And it reminds me of this TED talk about a guy who tried to make his own toaster from scratch. He couldn't do it because the, making the plastic was impossible. So what he did was he mined plastic refuse. The point is that everyone has to work together piece by piece to make sure that something can be done. You can mock the economy, but then where do you think your food will come from? It isn't just, be, you know, they don't just milk a cow and then bring the bottle to your house. It has to go from the, from the dairy farm shipped in big containers to processing plants where it's homogenized and, and pasteurized. Then they put it in, then, then it goes to a bottling plant or maybe they bottle it in the same place, but there's intermediaries and there are individuals who handle every aspect of the job. Then there's people who are stocking it at grocery stores. Then you can go buy it. You can't just shut the economy down because you will eventually kill people. And that's the difficult decision these Democrats don't want to make even now. And you know what? It's probably because they can use it to justify mail-in voting, which is broken, and then win, I guess. At least that's what they're thinking. And now we're seeing mail-in ballots found in dumpsters and ditches. I'm not going to rehash the mail-in ballot stuff on this one because we're talking about COVID. But I'll just leave it here. If you, in the U.S., we, we often say that the riots are, in, are, are really inflamed because people were so tense from being locked up for so long, they went nuts. They lost their jobs, they're broke, they're angry, and they found an outlet. The U.S. is lucky, I guess, because if it wasn't Black Lives Matter riots, I believe you would see COVID riots if people weren't allowed to do what, you know, what they wanted to do. In the U.K., it seems like they're going to start having COVID riots because even the left and the right are both saying, end it now. But they're going to, you know what, their feckless politicians are going to be like, I'm not taking responsible for a death count, and they won't do it. And I I think it'll only get worse from here. Not in the U.S., though, at least not in the Republican areas. So uh, you want to go out for for dinner? Go move to Florida. Stay away from New Jersey. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. It is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Across the country. Police are risking losing all of the goodwill and good faith of the re- of regular people defending them when these leftist extremists come out and say, defund the police, abolish the police, and all cops are bad. You see, I think police don't get enough credit for the most part. And what I mean by that is we don't put out videos when cops do a good job. Sometimes you'll see a viral video where a cop is playing basketball with the kids and high-fiving them. But for the most part, those don't go viral as much as, say, a cop beating someone. Police brutality makes people feel angry. They demand justice. And these videos go viral. And then everyone hates the cops. You then see the police in New York City putting out a big press conference saying 375 million interactions, overwhelmingly positive. And no one talks about it. But now you're stripping our budgets. Okay, I'll defend the police only so far. Because I've absolutely talked about problems like this. Idaho man arrested for not wearing mask at outdoor worship service. Unbelievable. He told Laura Ingram, the Moscow, Idaho coronavirus order is tyrannical. And then we have this story from NBC News. Coronavirus violations get Maryland man sentenced to year in jail. Sean Marshall Myers, 42, had two parties at his home in March 
that each had at least 50 people in attendance. Two, two parties at his own home, jail for a year. So who are these cops who will walk onto someone's property and arrest them for having a gathering on their own property? A violation of the First Amendment that that Congress shall make no law establishing. Yeah, you get the point. Who are these cops that will ignore their oath to the Constitution, assuming they've taken one? They'll arrest worshipers who are outside. What about that cop in Ohio who apparently arrested a woman who was sitting outside with her family, socially distanced and wasn't wearing a mask? You, you do you have to wear a mask when you're outside and socially distanced? That to me is absurd, especially when you consider all the protests. So let me let me point something out to you and then I'll read this. You mean to tell me that the cops will not arrest Black Lives Matter for not socially distancing. They'll, they'll, they'll stay back. They'll stand down. But they'll arrest people singing songs outside. And you want me to come and defend you. Mark my words, police. If you keep enforcing an imbalanced system this way, where the rioters can destroy everything and the rest of us are suppressed by you, don't be surprised when it flips around. You see, in Milwaukee, Black Lives Matter protesters with signs went to a man's house, uh, house, shining lights, harassing him. And the cops arrested him when he pulled out his gun. Why should I assume you'll be there for me when all this is going down? Now, I get it. Not all cops are bad, but we're seeing too much of this and too much too quick. The Black Lives Matter activists will call the police and they will laugh and cheer when the cops do what they want. I wouldn't be surprised. If they call for defunding the police, create their community policing, and then regular Americans who are sick of watching innocent people get arrested say, you know what? Defund them. Get rid of them. We're done. The fastest way to defund the police is exactly this. And I wonder if that's the point. And these cops don't realize it. You know, I've often talked about in, in, in certain circumstances why this happens. And you know, within reason, I understand. I do. I don't like it. But think about it. A cop is told, you've got violent rioters throwing bricks. Now they're shooting at cops. And we want you to go out and deal with that. They're going to be like, no way. I'm going to stay back. I'm not going to get involved. In New York City, during some of the widespread rioting, people were complaining that cops weren't stopping the rioters. And many people said it was because the rioters and the the Democrats have been insulting and attacking the cops. The cops are like, I'm not going to do anything about it. But it's so easy for a cop to be like, well, you know, Bill de Blasio painted the street, so I better protect it. When you get a woman like Bevelyn Beatty, she came out and she threw paint on the ground. They arrested her. And people were saying, like, oh, I feel bad for these cops having to arrest their own supporter. I don't. The cop chose to do it, dude. You know what, man? I, I, I don't support it. I don't. I will absolutely criticize all of this and say the police are running the risk of getting me to say, you know what? Defund them. Get rid of them. You want to come to my neighborhood where they arrested some gym owners? And you think I'm going to keep supporting you if you keep doing this? I'm not. And I don't care. And you know what's funny? People seem to think they can come to me and they can say, Tim, if you don't agree with my opinion. Look, I don't agree with uh, with everyone's opinions. I don't. I don't stand for authoritarianism. And I'm not going to stand. Listen, if a cop kills somebody, all right, and we can prove it, that it was intentional, lock him up. Absolutely. Fire him, strip him, lock him up. Strip him of his pay and pension and stuff like that. Take all that stuff away. If a cop wants to defend Bill de Blasio's illegal Black Lives Matter painting, I say fire him on the spot. 
It is a violation of the law of our Constitution what he's doing. He was stealing taxpayer money for his political slogan and cops protected him. My support only goes so far. I'm reasonable. I try to be. I understand cops have been there for me in several occasions, and I'm not going to blame the cops when I get pulled over and, you know, there's an infraction of headlights out or something. It's like, well, you know, these things happen. I'm not going to blame the cops when they're honestly trying to do their jobs to keep the peace and maintain order. But I'll blame them when they ignore the law, ignore the Constitution and things like this. Shocking and offensive, I will say. I can already hear the left saying, but you don't care when they kill people, Tim. Of course I do. Lock them up. Throw away the key. I don't believe in the death penalty. Look, if a cop comes out and he kills somebody and it was intentional, it was intentional or even reckless, charge him. Cop in the Brenna Taylor case got reckless and uh, wanton endangerment because he was firing blindly. All right. Well, what am I supposed to say about that? The, the, guy, the cops who returned fire got no charges. I get it. That was a tragedy. The dude, Brandon Taylor's boyfriend, was someone barged in his house, and so he fired first. The cops returned fire. I get it, man. These are tragic instances that sometimes they happen. Let me show you the story. A man who was arrested for singing maskless in an outdoor worship service in Moscow, Idaho, called the incident unbelievable. Gabriel Wrench, a Lada County Commission candidate, was one of three people arrested Wednesday at a psalm sing attempted by some 150 people in the Moscow City Hall parking lot. The charge? Violating a coronavirus order, according to the local news. I did not think it was going, I was going to be arrested. I did not think I was going to be cited, Wrench said, adding that his church had been organizing the psalm sings throughout the shutdown. We just started singing the songs, and they come up to me and my mom first. And then the guy standing next to me was my friend. And I put my arm around him and said, this is my friend, and that's why they proceeded to arrest me. Laura Ingram asked if it was Moscow, Russia or Moscow, Idaho, as protesters are given free reign over city and suburban streets. I don't even recognize this country, she said. The Idaho arrest came as a woman at a grade school football game in Logan, Ohio, was tased and arrested Wednesday by police for not wearing a mask in the stands. It's unbelievable. The juxtaposition of rioters being able to go out to the streets. Maybe if I had a gun or a Molotov cocktail, I would have been fine, Wrench said. Wrench, who pointed out his county had not had a single coronavirus death or hospitalization with 392 confirmed cases called the COVID-19 resolution uh, uh, petty and tyrannical. According to the resolution, anyone who violates the order is subject to a misdemeanor charge, which carries a maximum punishment of six months in jail and a $1,000 fine. Wrench also claimed the mayor attended a religious ceremony on September 5th and did not wear a mask or practice a social distance, and also attended a private party of about 50 people three days before with no masks or social distancing. Tyranny is stupid and tyranny requires force. So what happens is, once you kind of put your, your foot in it, your pride and arrogance is starting to drive the rest of the edict, he said. So now when we test that tyranny, when we come up and test that tyranny, it pushes them to actually bring force to the issue. And that's why they arrested me. The cops did not want to arrest me. I don't care what the cops wanted to do. I care about what they did. I'm not going to listen. If a guy robs a bank and shoots someone, am I going to be like, well, he really didn't want to shoot someone. He was just robbing the bank. No, I understand the cops weren't breaking the law by showing up, but I don't care if the cops wanted to arrest him. They committed a crime as far as I'm concerned, because there is no constitutional basis for arresting a guy outside singing a song. Okay, 
Maybe it's not a crime because violating the Constitution isn't criminal as far as I understand. But what their word is garbage as far as I'm concerned. If you don't care about the rights of people, and if you don't care about being reasonable to the individual, then I'm not interested in supporting you. Will I come out and say all cops are bad? No. But I've seen too much of this. And you got me close saying, you know what? How about this department? We abolish it straight up. Why not? Do the people of Moscow, Idaho need cops to be showing up to their worship service and arresting them? What a waste of our time. What a violation of our rights. Now, they're not going around shooting people or anything like that. But still, if people look like I said, if we can clearly see you violate the law, then so be it punishment. I've talked about it before when I was in New York and they falsely arrested a photographer and my live stream evidence exonerated that photographer. And there was no accountability for the officer who lied under oath. You want to be you want to be everything they claim you are, officer. You want to be what the left said you were. By all means, go ahead and do it and then see how long it takes for all of these constitutionalists and conservatives to say, you know what, fire them all. I don't think you're going to see conservatives say abolish the police, but I'm certain you'll see them say arrest the officers, fire them, strip them of their pensions, things like that. You want to violate your oath to the Constitution and and suppress people's rights? Then don't be surprised when they show up to your house protesting. It's already starting to happen in the UK. People are clashing with cops. These cops think that there is there's no line that can be crossed. There is. When people go around smashing stores and burning things down, we expect you to stop them. When people are standing in a parking lot singing, we expect you to smile and wave. They're outside. But we also have the guy hosting a party going a year in, getting a year in jail, sentenced to a year in jail for throwing parties. Goodwill only goes so far. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. In my previous segment, I talked about how there are many police officers in many jurisdictions arresting people for not wearing masks or not socially distancing and things like that. And I believe the pol- these officers are, th- are running the risk of losing support from people like me, modern individuals, and many conservatives who think it's ridiculous a guy singing a song outside would be arrested. But now we can see why defunding the police is wrong as well. You see, there is a moderate position on this. Huh? How about that? Defunding the police clearly backfired. New York City Police Commissioner blames $1 billion cut to the NYPD's budget for recent surge in crime that has seen a 166% spike in shootings from last year. Yeah, and guess what? Over in Minneapolis, they failed to abolish their police department. How a pledge to dismantle the Minneapolis police collapsed when a majority of city council members promised to end policing as we know it after George Floyd's killing They became a case study in how idealistic calls for structural change can falter. Well, they couldn't get it done in Minneapolis, but I'll tell you, all you got to do is sprinkle in a little bit of these cops arresting churchgoers and worshipers out publicly, you know, out, out outside, not wearing a mask. And they'll get the support they need. Finally, it won't be for completely dismantling or abolishing the police, but it'll certainly see all these officers fired. Well, let's see what's happening in New York. Shea, the commissioner, Dermot Shea said the budget cuts, which were, which were voted on by the New York City Council back in July, had a significant impact on the crime surge over the summer. You think back, crime follows certain patterns and trends. Certainly, we see upticks if violence uh, in the summer, upticks of violence. To have this crazy time happen this year, certainly, and leading, leading to a defunding, it's really hurt, Shea told Fox Business's Maria Bertromo. 
The defund this defunding movement at a time when we know crime generally takes an upward trajectory in the summer has been a double whammy. 60% cut in overtime is going to damage any industry. It's certainly hitting us. It's hurt, unfortunately, the people in high crime areas that unfortunately, more often than not, tend to be people of color the most. The $1 billion budget cut resulted in policing funds being reallocated to education and social services over the next year. I understand the sentiment. The problem is the education system is broken and it's not teaching people how to actually function. So when you have violent crime and now you have more victims of violent crime, you have criminals being emboldened. When those criminals are emboldened, they teach other people that crime pays and you don't go to jail and thus you get more crime. Then you'll have young people and they'll see a system that says, if you want to get ahead, commit a crime. And this is what happens in Chicago. I don't know what the exact solution is. It's a cultural problem. But think about it this way. If you got some dude walking around with, you know, fancy, a fancy new iWatch and the fancy new cell phone, he's got clean, pretty clothes and, and, and cool looking sneakers. There's going to be a young person who says, how did you get that? And he says, easy crime. It's that simple. And that little kid's that, that young person is going to be like, OK, no penalty for it. What happens if that kid sees a dude walking around in ratty old clothes who can't get a job? And the guy says, I can't get a job anywhere and make it work. The kid says, why not? I went to prison. I'm a felon. It's, it's terrible. Now you might get people saying that's not fair. The system is broke. And hence, prison reform, criminal justice, criminal justice reform may be the actual answer, not stripping away police because you can still arrest people and you can still rehabilitate them. And then when they get out and they're looking good, and they got cool new things. And the kid says, how do you do so well? And he says, well, you know what, man, I went through some tough times, went to jail, but that wasn't the answer. I got out, got a job, made some cash. Check this out. You need people to inspire young people with the right way to do things. If people feel like there's no way out, then they'll say, why not? Who cares? And if people feel like there's an easy way out, they'll say, why not? Who cares? It's a tough problem. I got to admit, defunding the police is the simple solution in their minds but it doesn't always mean it's the correct solution. Look at this. In August, New York tallied 242 shootings compared with 91 in the same month the previous year. That's a 166% spike. Quote, both side, both on, uh, both on the police side and the, detec the, uh, the detective side, they are singularly focused on getting our arms around this. We are beginning to trend downwards. We have a lot of work to do, he said. Police also said murders went up 34% on, on year in the first eight months of 2020. It comes as Governor Andrew Cuomo called on city officials to step up and lead in response to rising crime. I love it. You need to step up and rise. The rising crime must be stopped, they say, as they strip the police of their ability to do their jobs. So what's the solution to this, man? No, and and I'm, I'm really looking for answers because I don't think I'm smart enough. If we, uh, I think reform is, is a good answer. I think we need cops to uphold their oaths to the Constitution, assuming they've taken one. Otherwise, you'll end up with innocent people uh, for, you know, getting arrested and, and fined for stupid things like singing outside. And you'll get violent criminals getting away with crimes because that's what's being targeted. I'll put it this way. If you get rid of the anti anti crime unit and then you have beat cops, no one's stopping the people walking around committing crimes, but there are beat cops walking around charging and arresting people who are singing songs and violating social distancing. That will not work. Take a look at what's going on over in Minneapolis. It was an idealistic move. They say over three months ago, 
A majority of the Minneapolis City Council pledged to defund the city's police department, making a powerful statement that reverberated across the country. It shook up Capitol Hill and the presidential and, and, and the presidential race, shocked residents, delighted activists, and changed the trajectory of efforts to overhaul the police during a crucial window of tumult and political opportunity. Now some council member council members would like a do-over. Councillor Andrew Johnson, one of the nine members who supported the pledge in June, said in an interview that he meant the words in spirit. Oh, man, I love it. Not by the letter. Another councillor, Felipe Cunningham, said that the language in the pledge was up for interpretation and that even among council members soon after the promise was made, it was very clear that most of us had interpreted the language differently. Lisa Bender, the council president, paused for 16 seconds when asked if the council's statement had led to uncertainty at a pivotal moment for the city. I think our pledge created confusion in the community and in our wards. No, what really happened is these morons are getting their cues from Twitter. And then when regular people revolted, they panicked and said, I just meant it in spirit, not literally. It's time for all this to end. The lockdowns, the science has now shown us the mortality rate is very, very low. We'll protect the vulnerable. We'll get back to work. And this defund nonsense needs to stop. We cannot have cops not arresting rioters and arresting people for singing songs. We can't have zealous politicians just pushing out absurd Twitter based policy. We cannot function this way. Look how stupid these people are. Step up. Step up. It's time for you guys, the people watching, to run for office and to vote, and to challenge this. How did these people get elected? How do we have so many rhinos and dinos in the federal government, Democrats and Republicans in name only? The Democrats don't care. They're just saying whatever Twitter told them to say. So they're going, defund the police. And then when people wrote, they go, oops, maybe I should have like, I don't know, thought about this. On the Republican side, you get similar things, so they do very little. The problem is people just vote D, they vote R. No, it's time to step up. Learn about who you're going to vote for or run for office yourself. A lot of a lot of people are starting to do it and they're not all staunch conservative or far left. There's regular people saying I'm going to run and not all of them are winning, but it's time to step up. Otherwise, what you will get are these ridiculous say anything, do anything fake politicians. They just want their name in the books. They just want the paycheck. People like Joe Biden. Nah, I'm not interested in that guy. That guy is the definition of lazy. And you know what? Bernie Sanders, too. I used to like Bernie, but he sold out. And Joe Biden, these are people who just coast along these government jobs and they do nothing. They just they just feign. They, they, they feign some kind of workload. Oh, I'm working so hard for you. And then nothing changes and nothing gets done. Nothing benefits the people. Nothing helps get the American people what they want. I love the meme from the progressives. I, um, can we please just have health care? And it's like you take any one of these meme characters saying something really dumb, the Democrats say, and then there's like a sad, groggy face saying we just want health care. Someone posted something about the, the war machine. We're building, you know, 50 new destroyers or something like that. And then they just responded, can we please have health care? And it's like, yeah, they're not going to give you stop voting for, for Biden. Stop voting for these people. Now, I understand the far left doesn't want to vote for, vote for Trump. I get it, man. I get it. But don't let Biden win. Don't give the establishment control back. They'll start showing up the defenses and you'll never see another populist victory again. Get people in who mean it 
at every level for either party, because I'm sick of this. The only reason anyone ever entertained defunding the police is because stupid people went on stupid Twitter and said, look at these people on Twitter saying defund the police. I'm going to defund the police. And then there was a revolt among regular people. Vote them out. And you know what I think we need? I think we need to treat our police departments much more like we treat our sheriff's departments. And we need more accountability for our police officers. I really do mean that. That's why I'm all about police reform. I respect cops for the job they have to do. It's a crummy job. They don't get the thanks they deserve. They don't get paid very well at all. And they should. But I also I'm not going to sit back as cops arrest churchgoers and fine people for enjoying their constitutional freedoms, because that should not fly. You shouldn't support it. No one should. We can respect the job. We can respect the officers, but we don't have to respect it when they when they violate the constitutional our, our constitutional rights or break the law. And that includes killing people. I'll leave, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. I can't believe I didn't see this when the story first came out. Jacob Blake, kidnapper, a, a, abuser. You know, you know the story of Jacob Blake? It was the man who was shot seven times in the back and is now paralyzed from the waist down. The far left has defended him to a rather absurd degree. And then we found out this guy had physically assaulted a woman in her home. She called the cops. A warrant was issued, a felony warrant. This man came back. The police were called. He fought with the police, grabbed the knife. They shot him in the back because he was reaching for it and the cop was behind him. You see, the left kept saying there were children in the car. There were kids in the car. And I never put two and two together. Wow. Those weren't his kids. He had stolen the keys from the woman he was assaulting and was trying to steal her vehicle with her kids inside of it. And I did not realize it. And now we're learning from the lawyer of the cop who shot Blake. He heard the mother's desperate plea. He's got my kid. He's got my keys. And then I thought about it and said, whoa, duh, that wasn't his car. Those weren't his keys. He was literally trying to steal a vehicle with someone else's kid inside of it. What would have happened if this this man wanted on a felony warrant for physically abusing a woman, got into a vehicle with a child and kidnapped that child and the cop didn't do anything to stop it? What did we just see in Milwaukee? The Black Lives Matter activists showed up to a house and set it ablaze because they heard a rumor that two missing girls were in the house. They weren't they weren't even missing. They were at a friend's house. But the parent, I guess, was worried, couldn't get a hold of them. So a mob went around, went to this random house and said, we know they're here. Let us in. They burnt. They set, they set fire to the house. They didn't burn it down completely. So these people are screaming about a kid's kids gone missing. You then get this cop who hears a woman saying, my kid, he's got my keys. And what's the cop supposed to do? Let this guy kidnap this child, who, this guy who's got a knife or stop him. And the cop did. One of the only things he could do in this situation, because that kid's life comes first from Channel 3000. They say lawyer says cop shot Jacob Blake after hearing a mother's desperate plea. He's got my kid. He's got my keys. Police officer Rustin Chesky has told investigators that it wasn't just his life he was defending when he fired his weapon seven times at Jacob Blake last month in Kenosha. He said he used deadly force during the Caddick encounter because he was afraid Blake while attempting to flee the scene, was trying to kidnap a child in the backseat of the vehicle. Quote, 
He's got my kid. He's got my keys. Shesky heard a woman say, according to attorney Brendan Matthews, who is representing the officer. If Shesky had allowed Blake to drive away and something happened to the child, the question would have been, why didn't you do something? An impossible position for anyone. They're screaming because he shot a guy trying to kidnap a kid. And if he let the kid go, they'd be screaming at him still. Why would anyone want to be a cop? That explanation provided in an exclusive interview with CNN offers the most detailed rationale to date for Shesky's highly scrutinized decision to shoot Blake, who was black, as he leaned into an SUV with his children inside it on August 23rd. Cell phone video of the shooting went viral on the internet, sparking days of protests and rioting in the lakeside city of Kenosha. The shooting, which Blake's family has had resulted in paralysis from his waist down. So maybe they were both of their kids. I'm not entirely sure. The attorney's comments to CNN come as authorities in Wisconsin announced this week that the results of an investigation by the by the State Department of Ju- uh, State Department by the State Department of Justice, so not the federal, would soon be turned over to a retired police chief serving as an independent consultant for his review. The consultant is in turn expected to forward the case to local prosecutors, along with an analysis intended to help determine whether criminal charges against Chesky are warranted. The officer remains on paid administrative leave. Matthews told CNN he typically does not talk to uh, about pending cases, but said he felt compelled to provide some additional detail to inc- to counter what he described as an incomplete, inaccurate narrative that has emerged to date. Matthews directly disputed assertions by Blake's family and lawyers that he was unarmed and posed no threat. At the time Shesky opened fire, the lawyer said, Blake held a knife in his hand and twisted his body towards the officer. The action is not visible in the video widely circulating on the internet, in which the view of Blake's body is partially obscured by the driver's side door of the SUV. Matthew said a second officer at the scene, whom he also represents, provided investigators with a similar account of Blake's turning toward Chesky with a knife in his hand immediately prior to the shooting. The officer said he too would have opened fire, but did not have a clear angle, according to the lawyer. Authorities have said Blake had a knife in his possession, and the weapon was found on the floorboard of the vehicle. But they have released few other details of the incident, citing the ongoing investigation. CNN reached out to Blake's attorney, Benjamin Crump, for comment on Matthew's assertion, but did not receive a response prior to publication. However, Blake's lawyers have insisted he never posed a threat to the officers at any time during the encounter. What does that mean? He didn't pose a threat. Does it mean he wasn't armed? They said that he, the guy had a knife. His father has denied his son was armed. They shot my son seven times, seven times like he didn't matter. Jacob Blake Sr., Blake's father, told reporters, but my son matters. He's a human being and he matters. I think human beings matter. But I think if you pull a knife while trying to kidnap a kid, you're going to get shot by the cop. And uh, Jacob Blake's dad wasn't there or he wasn't filming, at least. They say Blake was the aggressor at the scene. Attorneys say, OK, I'm going to stop right there and I'll show you something. We know this guy had abused the woman already. I want to I want you to look at these photos. What you're seeing is several football players in the NFL with Jacob Blake on their helmets. Talk about vile, disgusting people in the NFL. If you still support these players, I think you're sick. They put the name of a man wanted for pinning a woman down and jamming his hands inside of her and then trying to take her kid, at least according to the lawyer. He was accused of this. I don't know if he's guilty of it, but that's why the cops were serving the warrant and they would put his name on their helmets. Wait until 
we actually have some kind of ruling on this. So you mean to tell me this guy was wanted for assaulting this woman coming back? She was screaming. He's got my kid. He's got my keys. And you're praising him. Vile, absolutely disgusting NFL. I will not support the NFL in this endeavor to prop up someone like this. Shocking. They want to say the shooting occurred minutes after Shesky and fellow officers responded to a call of a family trouble in a neighborhood a couple miles southwest. I'm sorry, northwest of downtown Kenosha. According to a dispatch log, a woman reported to police that Blake had taken her keys and would not give them back. Blake's family member later said he'd been attempting uh, attending a birthday party for one of the kids for one of his kids. Once at the scene, Shesky watched Blake put one child in the car as he arrived, but was unaware that two more children were already in the vehicle. Matthew said another officer heard a woman yelling that Blake had her children, he said, but did not see the kids in the car. Some of what officers say happened next was described in a press release issued by the police association last month. According to the release, Blake was non-cooperative from the outset and quickly became combative. When the officers attempted to physically take control of him, Blake actively resisted. An officer fired a taser at him, but it did not stop him. The release states, when officers tried to take Blake into custody a second time, he forcefully fought with them and was able to momentarily place an officer in a headlock. The release said, Matthew said the officer was Shesky. Police then tased Blake a second time, and he again appeared unfazed, according to the police association statement. At that point, Matthew said, officers noticed that Blake was holding a knife, guns drawn, they demanded that he drop the weapon. Blake, according to the police association statement, did not drop the weapon and began making his way around the front of the vehicle and toward the driver's side door. Video of the incident shows Blake holding the knife in his left hand as he rounds the front of the car. The statement says, while it appears that Blake is holding an object in his hand, it is, un- it is unclear what that object is. Shortly after the release, well, no, he's already said he had a weapon. Shortly after the release, Blake's lawyer disputed the police account as overblown and characterized the officers as the aggressors. Nah, I don't care. If you got a warrant, then the cop needs to arrest you. Our society, in our society, police need to be able to make arrests. Now, I will complain about the, the churchgoers who are singing or I'm sorry, they weren't at church. They were outside and they were singing and, they got, and, and a couple of them got arrested. I will say that's unjust and these cops are bad, but I'm not going to advocate for someone to resist. They did the right thing. You deal with it after the fact. I know. I know it's frustrating. They shouldn't arrest them. Don't fight with them. Deal with it later and file your wrongful arrest suit. If it was wrongful, I believe it may have to be malicious. And they're, they're a tough problems. but I'll tell you what you do. You fight for reform to end this. You don't resist. In the Jacob Blake story, that's not what happened. It sounds like this guy was trying to kidnap some children and he was armed with a knife and he was dangerous and wanted on a felony warrant. What would you have the cops do? I was talking to a friend and I, I outlined the story of Jacob Blake, Jacob Blake without saying Jacob Blake. I said, if you had all of these things happen, do you think the cops should shoot the guy to stop him? And she said, yes. I mean, he had a knife. The cops said, drop it. He wouldn't. He had a, he was he was attacking them, wanted for pinning down this woman and doing horrible things to her. She told me, yeah, progressive friend. And I said, that's the story of Jacob Blake. Did you know that? They don't because the left lies. They don't tell you the truth. And then they go around believing insane things for insane reasons. And it destroys our system, our society. I don't know if this will sway anyone's opinion. And I don't know if it's true. It's an allegation. 
innocent until proven guilty. I'm, I'm sad. I'm, it's unfortunate that Jacob Blake got, got shot and that he's paralyzed. I'm not happy about that. But we need to have law and order in this country to a certain degree. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.